Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, 
and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. TheFringe.fm is the network website, a new website, just redone, TheFringe.fm. Check it out today. The Secret Teachings airs on The Fringe FM. That means you can find us on The Fringe five nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the same time each night. An older episode will play after the new broadcast. But you can find our full show archive on our website and more on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. I put up the graphic for each show on the website, thesecretteachings.info. And if you'd like to contact us, please do so at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. Facebook. Dot com forward slash the secret teachings is the Facebook page. You can also find my personal page on there, Ryan Gable, and instant message me. Don't be offended or worried if I don't message you back right away or even in a week or two. I literally get like hundreds of messages a day, so it's hard to have lengthy conversations, but I am reading your messages, and if I'm not reading them, it's just because I've overlooked them. I'm looking at my email right now, actually, to start tonight's show. I was scrolling through it during the introduction, and I've got like 500, well, I have 644 unread emails, and I've got like 500 emails just this year that I haven't gone through yet. Sometimes, most of the time, they're the same person sending multiple emails. It might be a brief sentence or something, but if it's a very lengthy email, I'm trying to read it, I'm trying to get back to you, and I also... I have a very, very old cell phone, so I downloaded the Discord application, and I'm going to try to be more active in the Discord chat, because as a listener, I like to interact with hosts as well, and it would be nice if I could interact with you as an audience more so, although I do like the email a lot, because I used to do a lot of live chats, and I used to do a lot of call-ins, and it just kind of got overwhelming and it took away my focus from whatever the subject matter was. I mean, this show is, I mean, I am, and I might not come off this way, but I am a very personable guy. I'll have a very in-depth or a very simple, whatever kind of conversation you'd like to have. But I usually rely on the other person to judge and to determine the energy and the intent of the conversation. Because... Some people I can't even talk to about simple things. They have an energy that I'm just not connecting with and, and vice versa. Otherwise, I'm a very personable guy and I can have a conversation about pretty much anything, but I need to have some level of openness and the other person needs to have some level of openness in order to, you know, you have to open up those channels, open up those gates so that you can form a connection seems like it's becoming harder and harder to open up those gates and form a connection because, well, virtually everything is offensive. And offense has become a form of currency. You've probably heard people say this before. It's kind of a little bit of rhetoric from some radio hosts that being offended is a currency now. Or really, really being a victim is is what makes you a hero. 
to tell other people, hey, I was offended by that. I think there's a really simple solution to this problem that I don't really hear spoken about very often. Last night, I watched a documentary on Jordan Peterson. And I find Jordan Peterson to be a very interesting individual. I'd actually like to interview Jordan Peterson. I find Jordan Peterson to be a very interesting individual because people on both sides of the political spectrum, and he's in Toronto, he's in Canada, and they have a very similar situation in Canada in terms of what is considered acceptable speech and what is considered to be acceptable social behavior in context with speech and hate and things like this. Jordan Peterson is either loved or he is hated by people on both the right and the left. There are people on the left that hate him, but there are people on the left who agree with him, and there are people on the right who hate him and people on the right who agree with him. And that's, when I watched this documentary, I thought, I knew I liked Jordan Peterson, but I didn't realize how much my perception of the world was very much like Jordan Peterson. And I was wondering, always in the back of my head, I'm always wondering, why is it that I attract so much attention from people of all kinds of mostly political affiliations? And the answer is very clear in the same way that any of you would attract the same kind of attention, and I'm sure many of you do. In fact, I know that a large number of you do because I get emails from you telling me you have the same problem. You don't subscribe to a belief or an ideology, and so that makes it difficult to converse with people, right? It makes it difficult to have conversations, to especially to have an in-depth conversation, because if you don't have something to put forward on the table as a problem or as a solution, and you're simply making an observation, you can't really combat an observation. But then again, maybe you can combat an observation because observations have now become offensive. And so you either subscribe to what one, in some cases, radical, extreme, ideological collective demands you acquiesce to and believe, or you are immediately placed into the devil's advocate position, the nearest immediate radical, sometimes sometimes extremist opposition to one ideological view. And I, I've been reading a lot of American revolutionary history. It's always my always been my favorite part of history. I love the American Revolution. And I I'm reading about, you know, the different kinds of warfare and 18th century warfare in general. You know, you had the sides line up and you have think about the American Revolution. If you ever saw the movie The Patriot, right, they've got the the British lined up, their red coats, and then you've got the Continental Army lined up and fire, 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 and they just shoot each other in in an open field. It was people like Francis Marion and others who got into the guerrilla warfare and really changed the course of the war. And that was later, of course, uh, supported even more so by the by the French when they arrived to really solidify the victory of the colonists. So you think about that kind of warfare, it's like if I stand on the British side, I'm probably going to get shot by the colonists, the Americans, whatever you want to call them in this analogy. But I'll have the British to support me and back me up, right? 
if I stand on the side of the Americans, the colonists, the rebels, the revolutionaries, I'll probably get shot by the British, but I'll have the support of other revolutionaries, even if we have disagreements. Just like if I was on the side of the British, I'd have support even if we had disagreements. But if I stand in the middle of the two warring sides, I'm probably going to get shot by both of them. Because the British think, well, you're not with us, so you must be with them. And the Americans think, well, you're not with us, so you must be with them. And it's like, no, I'm actually with neither of you. I'm just in the middle. And when I make an observation, just like I watched this Jordan Peterson documentary, I've listened to Jordan Peterson talk before. I've actually used some of his clips in some of our montages uh, once or twice. And it's the same thing with Jordan Peterson, or it's the same thing with there are other speakers and there are other radio hosts who face similar criticisms because when they speak, they may speak in observational, perhaps condemnation of, of an ideology. And of course, this ideology, which is usually a collective hive mind, has no way to react to it if they cannot lob insults of a parallel opposition towards you, or at least they lob them, but they don't stick, they don't hit their target. They don't know what to do. So they become even more hysterical and they have more reason as they believe, to shut you up because you're, you're radical. It, it's okay for you to take certain positions that are in opposition to one ideology, but if you take a stance that isn't even neutral, a stance that is in the middle, removed from the battlefield, where you observe both sides and say, well, I can agree with you and I can agree with them, but I also disagree with them and I disagree with you, and I think that there's a way to if we converse about this diplomatically, we can come to a solution. Neither side wants to do that. You've got extremists on the left and extremists on the right, and you even have extremists that are kind of, uh, they're kind of moderate, if you will. I think we could make that argument. So the solution to this, by mostly hysterical collective hive mind re reactions, is, well, let's just shut down our opposition. Let's just make sure that nobody else can speak, especially if, you know, you can't defend what you believe. You just you end up, you ever hear that saying that if you engage in political debates or political discourse, there's never a winner. You always lose when you engage in political discussions. And sometimes I'm, I'm sure that I, I do indeed engage in political discussions, but my presentation is always observational. You know, it's kind of like observational comedy. It's an observation. The comedian doesn't necessarily believe what they're saying. It's a joke. You know, have you ever, like Jerry Seinfeld, kind of popularized that type of humor? You know, just have, have, you, have you ever noticed? It doesn't mean, you know, that when, have you ever noticed that this group of people do this, that they're a racist or that they're a bigot or something like that. Now, these are things that I'm sure that you as an audience of The Secret Teachings are very, very well acquainted with. And tonight, I don't want to talk about something that is, that is more removed from the abnormal qualities, if you will, which are truly normal qualities of the world that we live in. 
you know, last week we talked about technology and sixth generation virtual realities that Samsung is developing. And the week before that, we talked about the American Revolution and we used a lot of analogies. We've done shows with uh, David Parker and Don Lester uh, about health and about, we did a show with about STDs and asthma. I did a show a couple of weeks ago about what I call Pizza Pizzagate. And it's funny because I posted that promotion on Facebook and uh, there was a guy who basically thought that I I believed Pizzagate because the name of the show was Pizza Pizzagate and Behold a Pale Hat, you know? I thought it was a clever title. And this guy thinks, oh, you believe in Pizzagate. Well, you're wrapping together two conspiracies there, Pizzagate and White Hats. Way to go, Ryan. And it's like, it would be one thing if you listened to the show, but not only did you not listen to the show, you didn't even have to listen to the show. If you just read under the title of the show where the promo was, it, it clearly explained that I do not think Pizzagate is anything more than th- this This abbreviation is getting very tiresome to me and overtaxed, but it's nothing more than a, a psyop. It's nothing more than than psychological manipulation. It's nothing more than a red herring. But this person didn't bother to read that. They looked at the picture. Because simple, what can't even be defined as discourse, simple reaction, not interaction, is the way in which we interact nowadays. We interact with TikTok and we interact with all of these digital platforms. I mean, these digital platforms, I, I didn't even know that, that we were on BitChute. I don't even know what the hell BitChute is, but somebody was using the show and uploading it. At least, I am a little bit upset about this, but at least they were giving us credit. You know, different, different than YouTube, people would steal the show and upload it. So when you think about what is considered acceptable, we need to understand, I feel, that there are ways in which we can easily combat the hypocrisy and the double-edged sword. In fact, we should use the double-edged sword. If the double-edged sword is going to be used to wage war on our language and the way that we communicate and the way that we think and the way that we interact, then when someone says, I'm offended by what you said, the simple solution to that, and I think it's so simple that maybe people have overlooked it, the simple solution to that is, well, I'm offended that you're offended. I'm offended that you feel that my speaking in a way that is honest or in a way that is sarcastic or joking or you know humorous or in a way that is even serious, that you think that my expression is offensive? Sure, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in some capacity, it may be offensive, but I'm also offended that you're offended. And, and I used to say that in a joking way, but I, I'm serious now. This is the kind of thing that we need to be doing. I'm offended that you're offended, you know, or if someone is constantly lobbying these, these accusations of I'm offended, I'm offended, then you have to start doing the same thing. It doesn't hurt anybody to say, well, I don't like what you just said there. I, I, I find that quite offensive. You know, we have to fight that with the same kind of, of veracity that it's being, I guess, as a form of cultural war as it's being waged on, on everybody else. And see, the weird thing is, people of various backgrounds, political, religious, whatever, these, these identifications that mean virtually nothing, except to classify us in a way that we can kind of understand with our, with our, with our you know, 
temporal experience, we have uh, people that just, most of us are accepting of each other. I mean, I get messages from people all the time and they tell me, you know, I'm like I did a show on Islam one time and someone who messaged me and said, I'm really glad that you did a show, you did a show and you explained what Islam for a lot of Muslims is because it's not obviously what Western media says Islam is and it's sure as hell is not what certain extremist rightists say Islam is. You know, I mean, I've known lots of Muslims. Muslims don't act the way that I'm told that they act. M- Muslims are act. when I meet a Muslim... They're usually the most. They're usually kinder than Christians. My experience with Muslims is that they are actually easier to interact with than Christians, who tend to be more uptight. And Jews, I can usually get along with, but Jews tend to have uh, an, an arrogance about them. See, these are stereotypes, and in a lot of ways, they are upheld by the group that is stereotyped, but not always. And that's why you can extract humor from it, because it's kind of true, but it's also not entirely true, because not all blacks or whites or Asians or Indians, you know, not all Asians have small penises, right? Not all Asians are good at math, right? Not all blacks have bad credit. That's why these things are funny, you know? Not all white people smell like wet dog. You know, not all white people are are, are, are Southerners with, with uh, no teeth, you know? I mean, people used to make fun of me because I was, I was going to high school in West Virginia for a couple of years, and anytime I tell someone I'm from West Virginia, even my friend Jack from, from, the, from this show who co-hosts on occasion, he always jokes with me. Like a couple of months ago, he was joking. I said something about West Virginia, and he said, oh, you, do, do they still have, uh, or do, do they have teeth there now or something? It's like, it's funny. It's funny, and if you're offended by it, well, you're offended by it. You don't have to participate. But now we're to the point where, you know, for years, I've always gone into um, whatever grocery stores are around me. I always go into grocery stores. I love grocery stores. I mean, Sprouts is one of my favorite stores. Fresh Time is another good store. I think the guy that designed Sprouts designed Fresh Time, uh, CEO or something. That's one of my favorite stores. Whole Foods has just gone into the toilet. I, I don't care about Whole Foods anymore. Whole Foods to me is kind of like like Winn-Dixie now or something. Like if, if that's the only store, I'll go in. But if there are other stores, I'm going to avoid it. You know, I, I like going to stores, even if it's a store like a Winn-Dixie or a Publix or something, you know, Wegmans or, uh, you know, uh, what is, what's the other one? There's Earth's, there's, an, there's a place in Florida called Earth something. Can't remember the name of it, but I like going to grocery stores. And I, I, I used to live in Boise, Idaho, as many of you know. And I would go to... Um, I would always walk to Whole Foods, Winco, Trader Joe's. They were all literally like a block away from each other. And then I would walk like 20 minutes downtown into the north side of Boise, and I'd go to the co-op there. So it was like an hour walk to everything and back, and I would do it like every single day. I mean, even if it was just to grab like a drink at the co-op, it was just something to do, walk around the store and then come home, buy, buy a little something here or there. And I remember I used to say, at at Trader Joe's, and I, I would joke about this, as political correctness, as they call it, has become more intense and more overpowering because people have capitulated to it and have not said, no, that's that's not what's going to happen. I'm not going to shut my mouth. You can't force me to do this because I'm offended and I'm claiming the same violation that you're claiming. So let's see which wins. We're either going to censor everything and nobody can speak or we're not going to censor anything and everybody can speak. And I remember going into Trader Joe's um, 
with a friend of mine, and I would always joke to them. I'd say, you know, at some point, Trader Joe's is going to be in very big trouble by mobs of out, outraged Twitter hashtag people, whatever, I don't know, tweeters, whatever they're called, birds. You know, they're going to be very upset because Trader Joe's has got like, you ever read the labels in Trader Joe's, like the Asian, for the Asian foods or for the Mexican foods? I was, I always said that for years. I've said that since like 2014. And I think I mentioned it, I've mentioned it on some shows. I, I wish if someone ever hears that on a show, they're listening to the old archive, I'll send you like $20. Please let me know what show that was. Because I used to say that all the time, like Trader Joe's is going to be in big trouble when when the mob finally, you know, they 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 get their pitchforks and they got their torches and they go and they storm Trader Joe's and say, you can't have Mexican food called Trader Jose's and you can't have Asian food called, you know, Trader Queen and you can't have, uh, you know, you can't have uh, what's another kind of food they sell. They have Asian, they have Mexican Oh, they have Italian. Like, you can't have Italian food called Trader Luigi. <laughs> I always thought those names were kind of fun, right? Because, you know, you're a trader. You're trading with different people, right? And Isn't that what Trader Joe is? Trader Joe, he's trading with different countries, different nationalities. I mean, it's in America, we have a, a, a virtual overflowing of nationalities and backgrounds where everybody kind of, you know, gets along unless they're provoked otherwise. But that's exactly what's happened. Trader Joe's is now in trouble, and Trader Joe's has bowed, they have kneeled to the mob of pitchforks and torches and people demanding that they change their labels because they're racist and they're offensive. But I'm going to explain when we come back how racism isn't always and shouldn't always be seen as a negative thing. That's where the humor comes in, and how... We're so concerned over why something's called Trader Luigi's, but we're not reading the ingredients of what's in Trader Luigi's lasagna. That's what's really important. We should really be outraged about what we're eating, not what we're eating is what it's called. That's kind of where I'm going tonight. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. More after this on The Fringe FM. Check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex. Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. 
Exxon, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. There's loads of them all snaking off like roots, and what we do on one path affects what happens on other paths. Time is a construct. People think you can't go back and change things, but you can. That's what flashbacks are. They're invitations to go back and make different choices. When you make a decision, you think it's you doing it, but it's not. It's the spirit out there that's connected to our world that decides what we do, and we just have to go along for the ride. Mirrors let you move through time. The government monitors people. They pay people to pretend to be your relatives. And they put drugs in your food. And they film you. There's messages in every game. Like Pac-Man. Do you know what Pac stands for? P-A-C. Program and control. He's program and control man. The whole thing's a metaphor. He thinks he's got free will, but really, he's trapped in a maze, in a system. All he can do is consume. He's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head. And even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze, what happens? He comes right back in the other side. People think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's a fucking nightmare world. And the worst thing is, it's real and we live in it. It's all code. If you listen closely, you can hear the numbers. There's a cosmic flowchart that dictates where you can and where you can't go. I've given you the knowledge. I've set you free. 
I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Trader Joe's, you know Trader Joe's, right? One of the most loved, beloved establishments. It's a trendy place, kind of, isn't it? Especially if you go to a big city. You know, all the people with multicolored hair, they like to shop at Trader Joe's. I, I quite enjoy Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's. They've got really good deals on things like Brussels sprouts. You get a, you get like a bag of Brussels sprouts organic for like three forty nine. I mean, you can't beat that. Uh, Trader Joe's has really good deals because Trader Joe's doesn't have any lines of credit, and Trader Joe's just buys everything in in just enormous amounts, basically with cash. So Trader Joe's is able to give you big, big discounts on things that otherwise might cost a little bit more money somewhere else. I've I've always gone to grocery stores and I've looked at prices of things and I've wondered, hmm, you know, if 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 I really do my due diligence, this is kind of going on in my brain. I, I could save. This was years ago too. I could save a lot of money if I just know where to buy things. Like if I go to, if I go to Trader Joe's and I buy a bunch of stuff and it might cost fifty dollars, right? But if I strategically know that if I buy green peppers, which are pretty expensive at Trader Joe's, if I buy those green peppers at Winco, or if I buy, you know, that that applesauce at Whole Foods, I can get better deals on it. So the $50 for all this might only end up costing me $30 if I play my, you know, food cards right. And so that's what I started doing. And even with my my job outside of radio, I was employed for some time until the so-called pandemic struck and what I would do is I would go out to other businesses and I would cross-reference prices and I would see what uh you know what was the cheaper deal and then you know the store I work at would arrange their their prices to accommodate that if it was something that was possible and other stores of course do the same thing I mean to me that's that's exciting because I know that I'm in control of what I spend and I know that I'm in control of hey I don't have to I don't have to put back that item. I can get, I can put back, uh, don't have to put back that item. I can get that same item cheaper somewhere else and I can save money, you know, or I can put back two items here and get three items at another store for the same price. Now, I know that's a lot to deal with because most people don't have the luxury of and don't have the desire, of course. I have a passion for food and a passion for cooking and a passion for getting a good deal. I'm actually very Jewish in that way. I want to get a good deal. You know, and I will haggle with you. I'll haggle like a gypsy. I will haggle with you over anything. I've ha- I'll haggle with a store. You know, stores hate that. I don't do that anymore. But I, you know, it, unless it's dented or it's broken open, I might ask for a discount. And you know, a lot of times you get it. So I'll, I'll haggle. I'll haggle. I got some Jew in me. So <laughs> you go to you go to stores. I go to stores all the time, and I'm always looking for a good deal. And another thing I'm looking for is I'm looking for what I'm actually purchasing. Like, yeah. I want to make lasagna. So let me give you an example. I make lasagna. And I also, let's preface this. This is the secret teachings. You tune into this show. Why is this guy talking about lasagna? I'm talking about lasagna because lasagna is everything. Lasagna is alchemical. Lasagna is metaphysical. Lasagna is energetic. Lasagna is delicious, if you do it right. Lasagna is all kinds of stuff. It's Italian. Sort of. Kind of. It's been Americanized. Other countries have made made lasagna their own thing. And you may ask further, well, how is lasagna metaphysical? How is it alchemical? Cooking is alchemical. Cooking is 
metaphysical. The reason that cooking is alchemical, if you know what alchemical means, it should be very obvious to you because it's a process by which you take these different ingredients, you combine them together, and you create this this dish with with heat and with the proper preparation, and you create something new. And I, I think it's kind of metaphysical too, because metaphysics, although it's considered specifically as a branch of philosophy, it includes concepts like what we know and what is the substance of things and what is the cause of things and the time and the space of things. All of this applies to cooking. Because if you don't know the substance of what you're working with, if you don't know the cause of what causes this to bake, what causes this to broil, what causes this to fry, how much water, how much oil, do I need any water or any oil? What is the identity of the ingredients? How much time does this take? What kind of space do I need to prepare this and to cook this? Food is metaphysical. I'm sorry to tell you that not everything metaphysical revolves around Bigfoot and taking acid. Food is metaphysical. Food has always been metaphysical. Food has always been alchemical. It always has been and it always will be. I don't ever get the kind of email I used to get, but people used to email me and say, I tuned into the secret teachings and all you're talking about is what you had for dinner. I'm like, well, you clearly weren't listening to the secret teachings because I wasn't talking about what I had for dinner. I was explaining a very, very complex yet simple metaphysical and alchemical concept and using food as an analogy. You clearly, and yeah, I'll be a smartest, you clearly are thinking very one-dimensionally here. And then, of course, I did a, I did a show like two years ago, three, three years ago, actually. I talked about um, mystery schools and processes of initiation. And you know what they did in the process of initiation? Well, you go into isolation, kind of like a lockdown, right? You go into isolation, you think, perhaps you write if you've been given writing utensils and some kind of paper to write on. You write thoughts and you think and, and you philosophize and you take your perception of the world and you usually you're in darkness and you come up with... Uh, you know, perhaps a revelation, kind of like a vision quest, right? And in isolation, you are not to consume. In fact, in the entire process of initiation, you're not to consume meat. You're not to consume alcohol. And depending on the region, the culture, you were only prescribed certain things to eat through the entire process of initiation, not just isolation. So food is also a cult, I used to get so hungry when I would, so hungry when I would listen, because I went to a Christian school in middle school, and I'd get so hungry when we'd have like discussions where they talk about the land of milk and honey. And I remember one day I went home and I poured a glass of milk and I literally just put honey in it, and it didn't taste like I thought it would taste, but it was still pretty good. <laughs> and it was and it was something that like you know doesn't that kind of sound, I, I hate milk. Milk is disgusting. I don't like milk. I don't like dairy, but just the idea of like milk and honey. It's, it kind of sounds good, right? In fact, if you make you want to make an alternative to dairy, and I'm going to go back to lasagna in a second, how it's metaphysical, and explain this Trader Joe's situation. I know I'm digressing, sort of, but I'm going to bring it around full circle. I used to buy this, um, I think, uh, in Egyptian, kamut. Kamut in Egyptian means wheat. So you buy kamut, like puffed kamut, and you can buy like an organic bag of puffed kamut for like $1.99. Even at a at an expensive store, you can it's like a dollar ninety nine organic. So you and it usually tells you on the back of the bag. I think it's Arrowhead Mills 
and red is it not red man that's the tobacco but red mill or bob's red mill or something there's also arrowhead mills i think arrowhead mills the company does a kamut and in the kamut you take this you put in a bowl you pour in whatever milk you want you want to do oat milk you want to do coconut milk you pour that in and then you put some honey on top of it it's so delicious you know i feel like i'm in the bible i've got the milk and the honey i've got the kamut in egypt it's delicious and i don't ever think hmm i wish i had dairy. I wish I, you know, I wish I had some, some regular milk. I wish I had Lucky Charms. I don't want to eat that garbage. I don't want to eat that trash. So metaphysics, alchemy, lasagna is all these things. I was giving lasagna as an example because you go to the store and you want to make a lasagna, right? So you need all these different ingredients. And if you go to Trader Joe's, you can get the, the noodles, right? And you can get the sauce, unless you make your own sauce. You get whatever you want to put in the lasagna. When I make lasagna, I do sweet potato. I do onions, mushrooms, green peppers. Sometimes I put broccoli, but I usually stick with those things. Onions, green peppers. I'll do like shiitake mushrooms. Those are pretty good. And then I'll make like, I'll put, if you put nutritional yeast in each layer, it kind of makes like a coagulated cheese. And then you can make cashew cheese out of nutritional yeast, red pepper. If you want that kind of a flavor, red pepper and cashews and you blend that up and then you put that on top and let it bake and it gets nice and brown it's it's unbelievable it's unbelievable i didn't need dairy didn't need meat it's just it's a delicious lasagna if you like meat and dairy i don't really care it's not the point but you're making this lasagna right you need all these ingredients and we go to the store and we pick up these ingredients and what are we concerned about we're not concerned about what is in the ingredients we're not concerned about the excess of sugar in the sauce we're not concerned about the nutritional quality of the pre-cut vegetables that we buy if we put vegetables in it. We're not concerned with how the meat was raised and how the meat was killed, how the animal was raised and killed, how the meat was processed and how it was sprayed with chemicals or there were hormones that were added to the food. And we're not concerned with that. We're not concerned with the pus and the blood and the feces even sometimes that gets into the milk, that gets into the cheese. and It's really gross, but that's what's happening. And I'm not saying that to, to shame you from eating these things. That's just reality. It's kind of like if you think about when you eat a pizza, what are you basically eating? You're eating a loaf of bread, a block of cheese, and a stick of salami. That's basically, <laughs> that's basically what a pizza is. But when you put it all together, it's alchemical, and you make this delicious pie which the Egyptians used to make long before the Italians. So pizza is technically Egyptians. Egyptian Italians just kind of made it, you know, that's what we think of when we think of pizza, but we think Mediterranean. And, I mean, Egypt is 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 uh, probably the first place, I think, historically pizza was made. But who knows? And it does. I don't really care. I mean, I, I have tons of it. I have lots of Italian friends. Mike D., who comes on the show, he's Italian none of the people I know of any like background or religion, nobody really cares. Like I've got people that I know that are Italian that they don't really care if you make Italian jokes, right? People that I know that are Muslim, they don't really care. (laughs) People that I know that are black, they don't really care. The only people that seem to care are racist. I'll agree with you. Racist white people who need to tell you that they're not racist. That's who tends to care about these kinds of things. Otherwise, nobody that I know really gives a damn. Maybe I'm just, you know, that's that's just my own subjective experience. But let's get back to this lasagna because we're not really concerned 
about what goes into the lasagna. But we are now, according to uh, a petition that was placed online, one of those petition websites like change.org and those, and also the Washington Post and some other publications just a few days ago, about a week ago, have published stories that Trader Joe's has agreed to get rid of their so-called racist packaging. So the New York Times reported on July 19th, 2020, so this was about a week ago, petition urges Trader Joe's to get rid of racist branding. The supermarket chain said it was in the process of phasing out names, including Trader Ming's, that's hilarious, and Trader Jose that have appeared on its international food products. The online petition is asking the company to remove racist branding and packaging from its stores, including international food items carrying the names Trader Ming, Trader Jose, and Trader... (laughs) Is it Giotto? Giotto? That sounds Asian. It's... It's Italian. I don't know. Come on, I got Italian friends. I should know this. G- Giotto, Guido. It's gu- it got to be Guidos. It's Guidos. Those products and others reflect a narrative of exoticism that perpetuates harmful stereotypes. Really, it's a harmful stereotype to imagine that someone from like Mexico is named Jose. You know that someone from Asia might might have the the name Ming, or that you call an Italian a Guido. How is that a harmful stereotype? I don't see how that's a harmful stereotype. I think one, it's it's a hilarious stereotype, you know, because you know most of the rest of the world they refer to America. They might refer to Americans like Brits refer to Americans as Yankees. Not all Americans are Yankees, you know. And you know what Americans think of British people? We think you have no teeth. It's really bad from all the sugar and all the milk you're drinking in your tea. You know that's it's funny. It's a stereotype. You know what Yankee Doodle is? You ever heard the song Yankee Doodle? Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. That's not a song that Americans sang. It was a song that British people sang to make fun of Americans because everybody was a Yankee. They didn't even have horses. They rode on ponies. And macaroni was something that British socialites would wear. It was a kind of headdress, a kind of hat. So they made fun of him. Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony. Doesn't even have a horse. Stuck a feather in his hat, in his cap, and called it macaroni. He thinks he's like us. He's not like us. He's just one of these farmers, this stupid colonist. The song was making fun of us, but people sing it today. Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony. That's not what it means. It's funny. It's funny. You ever seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? where they do the beauty pageant, it's called Frank's Little Beauties, and they get the the one boy who's a gay, gay kid, really young gay kid. It's hilarious. And this gay kid, he's in the pageant, and they want him to win because boys don't win these pageants. So they, like, redo the Yankee Doodle song. So it's got, like, a guy in a deep voice. He's like, Yankee Doodle went to town, and then they cut it with Ronald Reagan, who says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And so they got the kid dressed like Uncle Sam, it's hilarious. It's a joke. If you cannot deal with humor and you cannot see humor in things and everything is offensive and everything is, is, is an assault, like hate speech and everything is harmful, 
It's a harmful stereotype. What happens? You end up living in a very drab, black and white, gray world where you have to be careful even what you laugh at because laughing at the wrong thing at the wrong time can get you put in prison. Is that a world that you'd like to live in? Because we're quickly approaching that world. We're quickly approaching every day we wake up and we're deeper and deeper in to the prison of the mind. We're unable to even think certain things because we know that thinking those things could be dangerous if we express those things. You know what we need to do? And in no means in a violent way, we need to make it dangerous. We need to make it unacceptable for people to express their discontent Not only the discontent, they can express it, but to express their discontent and desire and force and demand that other people capitulate to what they're saying. In fact, that's what the Trader Joe's petition actually said. It said, Trader Joe's, remove racist packaging from your products. And it was posted by Briones Bedell. And it says, we demand that Trader Joe's remove racist branding. We demand. Who are you to demand anything? How about you start by asking the question, we would like to request that in lieu of um, this type of packaging, maybe Trader Joe's could just have everything labeled Trader Joe's, right? But, but Trader Joe's could also be offensive because Joe, right? Joe is kind of like a, a typical American name. What if I'm offended by that? I don't like Trader Joe. That's very racist. That's very bigoted, Right? I mean, you do know that in the Pacific Theater in World War II, where you had the cargo cults, a lot of the inhabitants referred to soldiers as John from. Was that also racist? You know why they referred to soldiers as John from? Because so many soldiers were named John that... The only thing they could they could get out of the language was John, and then they were from Kentucky. John from New Jersey, New Jersey, Jersey. John from from Boston. You know, John from New York. You know, John from wherever. John from John from John from John from. So, tr- how about Trader John? Would Trader John be more acceptable so we can classify all Americans in this giant blob? No, that would also be offensive. You know, how about Trader, we'd have, how about they sell some Indian products, Trader Scalper? You know, it's not like they're selling intentionally offensive things. They're not selling a product called Trader Negro, you know? It's like some, they're not selling African black soap as Trader Negro. They're not selling like, <laughs> they're not selling taco shells, Trader Wetback. You know, it's Trader Jose because that's a very, very typical name, Jose. Jose, right? How many baseball players are named Jose? <laughs> named Jose? There's a lot of them, right? A lot of famous ones named Jose. I don't even I don't even watch baseball. I know that, you know. And there are a lot of a lot of guys that play hockey, and you get these like European Russian names that are just they're so long you need two jerseys to spell them out. That's pretty typical because of where the where the people come from. You came from. America, a lot of the people in, you know, in the Pacific Theater thought you were, oh, yeah, we're John from, John from Kentucky, John from New York, you know, with the cargo cults. 
So Trader Joe's, it's being demanded. They're demanding it, demanding, demanding. Who are you to demand anything? How about Trader Joe? You know what Trader Joe? If see if I own one of these businesses, I think that I would I would do so well as a business owner in this climate because what I would do is I would put out a separate petition and I would say we demand you shut your mouth and if you don't like our products you don't have to shop here get out of here and you know what would happen a small group of angry mobsters who demand it would walk away and because of the silent majority of people who really don't care one way or another or they're too scared to voice their opinion because the opposition to their opinion even if it's in a minority is violent those people would come and support my store. I guarantee you that. Because I guarantee you that a majority of my audience, the majority of you listening, you probably don't speak the way that I speak in public, but you think it, and that's why you listen to this show. And if I was a business owner, I mean, in a sense, I guess I sort of am, not for tax purposes, but I mean, I, I run a radio show. and In fact, it's, a, it's basically what it is. If, it was, if this is a business... You come listen to this show because I, I say things that are unacceptable to the mob. But see, the mob is only there and they only use violence because they don't have any way to actually express the way that they feel in a, in, in a, in a regulated manner that is coherent with the, with, the, with the basic moral principles of civil discourse. So they want to shut down civil discourse. They scream and they yell and they throw things. This isn't left or right. And it is actually both left and right. This is just the small minority of people that think that they can rule others because they're offended and they use offense as a weapon. So what you need to use is defense as a weapon. Uh, we demand that you shut your mouth. All right. And now because of that, we're rolling out a whole new line of products. All right. And they're going to be named after every region. After every, We're going to just have a product. We're going to go to the lengths that you've never seen before. We're going to go into like the the smallest countries. You don't even know where they're at on a map. And we're going to find what the what the typical food is there. And Trader Joe's is now going to carry that food. And it's going to be called Trader, whatever the name is there. You know, like those tribes in, Af- <laughs> tribes in Africa where they speak like this. You know, and they'll put that on the front of the package. They got some weird rice that they grow in Africa. And it's called Trader. Trader. You know, something like that, right? That's what Trader Joe's should do. I mean, just Trader Joe should sell tea and just call it Trader Brit. You know, Trader Brit. What's a common name in Britain? And we have a lot of listeners in in the UK. You know, is is it all? Is it's just everything's got to be offensive? We demand it. We demand demand it. Who the hell are you to demand anything? You have no right to demand a damn thing. And even if you do have a right to demand it, Trader Joe's has a right to say, "Uh, yeah, we're good. We're not going to do that." But Trader Joe's instead said. We're going to remove the racist packaging after an online petition. Trader Joe's is doing away with the store brand labels, according to the Washington Post, derided as racist in an online petition, becoming the latest major uh, major company to end the use of names and images that perpetuate stereotypes. Well, they're stereotypes for a reason. All right? They're stereotypes for a reason. When I went to play basketball, when I was younger... I actually just shot around for the first time in like three years the other day. When I went to play basketball when I was younger, I used to play pickup games. Yes, it's a stereotype that black people can jump higher than the average white person. And when I played these basketball games, I was usually locked in from three-point range, and I was like Steve Nash with the ball. Mid-range jumpers, I didn't hit those as well. But I, I would 
play ball and I would gain the respect of the people on the court that I didn't know. And, and usually, you know, uh, they were, you know, once in a while, there's a black guy who just grabbed the ball and, you know, he, he dunked like Vince Carter. And that's not something that is racist. That's just a fact. This black kid who was shorter than me could touch, you know, I could touch the rim, but I can't dunk a ball. So, yeah, most of the black people I played with in basketball, most of them could dunk. They could jump higher than white people. It's not racist. It's just a fact. Not all black people can do that, though. So you can call it whatever you want to call it. And I don't think all black people play basketball. That's asinine. And I don't think white people are all bad at basketball. Like, where, where, what, what is offensive is to assume that because you say something that is stereotypical, that you demand that others believe that what is stereotypical is stereotypical of an entire group of people. Stereotypes are funny for the contrary reason. Because, yeah, I mean, why do you think a lot of Asians are really good at mathematics and science? Because culturally and traditionally, that's where the emphasis is on in the household and in the schoolhouse. Why do you think most Europeans, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you listening probably would embarrass me when it comes to language. Most Europeans can speak like, what, three, four, five languages? How many languages can we speak in America? Unless you come from one of those countries or you specifically took a course, most people can maybe speak two. A lot of people can barely speak their first language. Does that, does that mean, you know, something, ooh, ooh, something, something horrible? It's stereotypical. Yeah, it's stereotypical because it's true. Most Americans know one language. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's who you are. That's what you are. And that's fine. That's, that's true acceptance. What's not true acceptance is forcing other people to do what you want them to do. That's forcing other people to do what you want them to do and dictating what is considered offensive and what is stereotypical and limiting speech and preventing people from expressing themselves is what it really ultimately boils down to. Besides, some racism can kind of be not only funny, but it can be positive. Like, if I was Asian and people just assumed I was good at math, unless I guess it could get annoying at some point, but that, that would be kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of like that. You know, people think I'm smart. How is that negative? I'm sure someone could find a way to make it negative, though. But it's a stereotype for a reason, because that's kind of kind of what it is. It's a stereotype in radio, too. You know what a stereotype in radio is? That everybody's fat. People think I'm fat. I'm not fat. I'm super skinny. I think Kev Baker and I are probably the skinniest guys in radio. That doesn't mean I hate other radio hosts who are overweight. We got to cut out the assumptions, and Trader Joe should have apologized. This is really sad. Trader, I, I wanted to go get the Trader Ming noodles, and now they they're going to change them. Trader Orient, or they probably just removed the names all altogether. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings. We'll get into more of this when we come back from break, right here on the Fringe FM. Our website www.thesecretteachings.info. Let us know what you think at rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. Enjoy the music. We'll be right back.
You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM thefringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome 
to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. I know you might have tuned in tonight wanting to hear about Pleiadian starships and star children and great resets and blue chickens and all kinds of stuff like that, but we don't do that fraud here on The Secret Teachings. We will talk about extraterrestrials and aliens and UFOs, and I've got a whole show prepared on that for this week, and We'll talk about occultism and esotericism, which we've done tonight on the show. And one of the things that I've kind of coined in radio is all things are interconnected in relation to subject matter. And I've said for many years, I can start a conversation, not because I'm smart. This is just how my brain works. I can start a conversation on food, and I can take you to Bigfoot. And then from Bigfoot, I can take you to Roswell. And from Roswell, I can take you to mind control experiments. And then I can take you back to food. Everything is interconnected in this way, in the same way that nature is interconnected. And this is all a part of nature, so it's all interconnected in that way. And when I say that this is how my brain works, I know that's how a lot of your brains work too. That's why you tune into this show, especially because there are some things that we say on this show that aren't even necessarily offensive, but they're kind of socially unacceptable. And you tune into this show because you either say those things or you want to hear someone else say them and see that, oh, I didn't get shot in the head and I didn't get attacked by a mob. It's okay to make those, to make those comments. Now, earlier in tonight's show, you may have heard me ramble on about lasagna for a little bit. I like lasagna. I just found out how to kind of make it myself. I haven't eaten lasagna. I didn't like lasagna as a kid, but I started making lasagna, uh, a, a vegetarian-like lasagna, though I'm not really a vegetarian or a vegan. I just eat food, real food with nutrients in it. And so I, you make lasagna, and lasagna is like any food. Lasagna just takes a lot of prep and a lot of space and a lot of time and a lot of ingredients, so that's why I use that, use that as an example. Lasagna is metaphysical. Lasagna is alchemical. Because you have to know the time and the cause and the identity of the ingredients and the substance of what you're working with and the space that you need. And you have to know all of this. You have to know the metaphysics of cooking. You have to know the alchemy of cooking to put these things together with heat and then to create a new product. So food is very occult and it's very metaphysical. All food is. I find it quite 
interesting. However, that we don't have as much of a concern collectively as a society and as a global community with what we use as ingredients and what we use in the process of alchemical transformation in terms of food as we do with what we call the food. In the case of the business Trader Joe's, a petition was put online. Few people signed it. And Trader Joe's decided to agree with the petition that their packaging was racist and begin the process of getting rid of the packaging because it was just too racist and too offensive. The petition began with the words, we demand, we demand. So a couple people online who probably shop at Trader Joe's don't like the packaging, you change it. By that logic, if let's say, let's just say for sake of, you know, I'm not Asian, so I'm not good at math. <laughs> let's say for sake of the conversation, 10 people signed this petition. And Trader Joe's says, okay, 10 people signed it. We agree it's racist. We'll remove it. By that logic, if I get 10 friends together and with me, that makes 11. Now we make the majority and we say, Trader Joe's, we think it's quite offensive that you're removing the packaging. We'd like to have Trader Jose back and Trader Ming back. And we'd like to have Trader Guido back, you know. By that logic, Trader Joe's would, would have to capitulate. But the, the difference between the 10 people who demanded it and the 11 people who said we would, we would like you to change it back because if you're just doing this by how many votes, we'd like the Democratic majority, right? Well, the difference is the 10 people who said they demand it are using different language. They're angry, and they will stop at nothing to prevent this perceived injustice from proceeding. They'll use violence, intimidation, and they'll destroy the name of the business and try to bring the business down. The 11 people won't go to those lengths, so we just let the mob win, even if the mob is in the minority. And the mob is almost always in the minority. It's like when you have reviews on a website or in Yelp. People that enjoy their service typically don't go write reviews. But you get 100 satisfied customers, and one of those customers who maybe they were satisfied, but they thought about it and realized, you know, my, you know, my food was kind of cold. I'm going to give a three-star review instead of a five-star review. And everybody looks at the three-star review because they've got to be telling the truth. If they put three stars, they weren't just phoning it in and they're angry and they're upset or they express their discontent. Well, that's basically what a mob is. A mob is one out of a hundred people expressing their concern. That's why it is important for other people to get involved. Now, I'm not saying you have to get involved politically or socially. What I'm saying is I want to know why we're more concerned about Trader Guido's pasta sauce being called Trader Guido or Giotto or whatever the name is than we are about what's in the pasta sauce. Because if you have poor ingredients, you're going to have a poor alchemical transformation. It's no different than in the spiritual, if you will, 
in the conscious and the subconscious, if you're putting information into your conscious, into your subconscious, and it's just kind of like it's not good quality, you're going to get pretty poor. Just like if you put bad you know, gasoline or poor gasoline in your car, you're going to get bad performance, right? It's not going to be efficient performance. You're not going to get efficient Conscious performance, cognitive performance, physical performance. You're not going to get cognitive uh, 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 efficiency if you're eating things and you're doing things and taking care of yourself in a poor way, in a poor manner. So Trader Joe's, within just a very short period of time, they say, well, yeah, we're going to get rid of that packaging. It's racist. So within just a few days, Trader Joe's, according to the Washington Post, is doing away with the store brand labels derided as racist in an online petition, becoming the latest major company to end the use of names and images that perpetuate stereotypes. The grocer said it had decided years ago to adopt the Trader Joe's banner on on its entire product lineup. Instead of using such ethnic-sounding variations as Trader Jose's on Mexican food products and Trader Ming's on Chinese fare. Change.org petition criticized what it called racist branding and packaging, apparently help to fast-track the process according to Trader Joe's. The person who launched the petition said, quote, the grocery chain labels some of its ethnic foods with modifications of Joe that belies a narrative of exoticism that perpetuates harmful stereotypes. Is it, is it really harmful? Has, has any Chinese person ever gone into a Trader Joe's and thought, wow, that Trader Ming's product is very offensive. Now, I'm sure that there have been some Chinese people that have went into Trader Joe's and thought, oh, look, my family name is on the product. <laughs> and there have probably been some Mexicans that have gone into Trader Joe's and said, look, Jose, look, they, they got beans named after us. You know, I don't do voices very well. But th- that's basically what it is. And they're saying Trader Joe's is racist because it exoticizes other cultures. It presents Joe as the default normal. <laughs> Yeah, because Joe created the business, you moron. Of course, it's Trader Joe's. If it was Trader Ming, because Ming created the business, it would be Trader Ming's, and they'd have a product of cheeseburgers called Trader Joe's. Of course, there's always going to be a default normal. There's always going to be characters that fall outside of the normal, unless you have a one-size-fits-all structure which will ultimately still have a normal that is a default. Like people who want to live in a commune and everybody's equal and the same and you can steal from each other, but there's still someone in charge that dictates who can steal, when they can steal, who gets raped, who gets killed, and who has to do hard manual labor. Someone's still in charge of that, unless you go live out in the woods by yourself with a commune. The Politburo still decides. So it's a default normal to have. It's not like. Well, actually, I can stop myself because I was going to say it's not like some guy sat down, white guy, and said, let's create a business where the white Joe, the average Joe, is the default product. And then we're going to have this. In this hierarchy, in the pyramid structure, we're going to have all these other races and cultures that are underneath of White Joe six-pack. Because it's just really offensive. And, and we want to be as offensive as possible. No, 
Trader Joe's was founded by Trader Joe. And then there are other products because when you go to places and trade with people, I don't go to China and trade with people named John from. John from Wuhan. He died of coronavirus. I don't go to, to Italy and trade with John from. I go to Italy and I, tra- I trade with people who have Italian names because they're Italian. In fact, it's racist to remove those names. It's racist to create everything in one mold. That's what's racist. It's racist to get rid of these things. It's not like Trader Joe's is selling those glass figurines with black people with giant lips and giant eyes eating big things of watermelon. I haven't seen those at Trader Joe's. Maybe maybe if you find one in the store, they give you a lollipop, like if you find the stuffed animal. Maybe if you find the blackface character with the giant lips, you get, a lo- you get an extra lollipop, right? Or they give you a slice of watermelon. It's, it's racist to remove those things. That, that's what this is about. It's about getting rid of culture, getting rid of history. I have never personally, and, I, and by the way, someone emailed me the other day, and they said that I have no place to speak because I'm white. And I said, well, I have a lot of Native American ancestry, but I'm not using that as defense. I don't think you can tell anybody they have a right to or not to speak. I don't care if I'm white, Native American, or what I am. I have a right to speak because I'm a human being. So I'm going to speak, and I have never gone into a Trader Joe's and thought, you know, I'm looking around here. I'm really glad that they're using these uh, exoticisms in here, you know, because as a white guy, I think Ming should be put in her place. Stay over there in the, uh, the Asian noodle aisle, all right? I mean, are they going to get, what about like, what's that one Asian company with the Asian lady on the front? It's like um, they make noodles and soups or something. Isn't that company actually like, wasn't that actually created by an Asian lady? What are they going to get rid of those two? You know, what if, what if, what if you were, you know, and I'm sure this has happened. You're like a small business and, you know, you got, you got your family on the front of the, you got a picture of your family, you're making jam or something, and you got a, you got your family on the front, and you, you're you Mexican or something, and you're selling that to the store, and people get offensive. You have, a, you have a Mexican family on the front of that? You have a white family on the front of that? Well, yeah, the family's white, moron. The family's Mexican, moron. Of course they do. You know, if you've owned a farm for, your family's owned a farm for 300 years, and it's like, you know, we could say Joe's, because Joe, I guess, is everybody's name, Joe, who's white. Joe's Farm since 1750, you know? It's been in, the fa- it's been in Joe's family for, for, for hundreds of years. And it's like there's a picture of Joe and maybe got a picture of Joe's like great-great-great-grandfather or something. You know, a portrait. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of spitballing here. Isn't, is, is, that what, is, is this what's going on that... We're unable now to even have products that have the names of other cultures. See, because it starts with we got to get ri- we have to have more ethnic displays of solidarity, and then it becomes well we have to get rid of those and the white people. 
You see what this is? This is cultural and social genocide. That's why they get rid of statues, and that's why they get rid of Trader Guido, because Guido can't sell his Italian products anymore. Guido has to be hanged. Guido has to be executed. Trader Ming, you don't get to sell your silk. You don't get to sell your tea. You don't get to sell your little tiny Chinese cats that wave at you. You have to be executed because you are personifying a stereotype. And who gets to decide all these stereotypes? It's not like a group of Asian people got together and said, look, we're offended that you're using Trader Ming. Maybe one of the people Trader Joe used to trade with was named Ming. So he said, ah, Trader Ming. Maybe some of the people that Trader Joe used to trade with had those names. Maybe those are really popular names in other countries. You know, I'm sure that people would be offended if they had Egyptian products that said, you know, Trader Akhenaten, Trader Pharaoh. That would be offensive. I wonder if uh, maybe they had like a Christian version of Trader Joe's, right? And the milk and the honey, (laughs) the milk and the honey could be named after biblical characters, right? Trader Moses. Moses led his people from slavery through the Red Sea. And when you drink this milk and honey, you'll feel like you've been blasted with mist from the Red Sea. You know, this is the most asinine, ridiculous stuff. But it makes for, I I think it kind of makes for a good show, doesn't it? Because ultimately what's happening here is the destruction of culture and the attempt to, as it's destroyed, rebuild it with teeny tiny minorities getting to direct, not like racial minorities, but minorities of angry, violent people desiring to erect a new system where they're in control, but they're just really useful idiots. So, I could see their point if it was perhaps something like I go to Trader Joe's and suddenly the name is changed and it's Trader White Power. And I go into Trader Joe's and they have watermelon labeled as Trader Negro and fried chicken Trader Negro, Trader Black Boy. And any of the white products, you know, that white people eat and drink. Those are just, you know, traitor white power, traitor clan. And then I go over to the Chinese aisle, and it's like traitor chink, traitor chong. You know, and I keep going down the aisle, and I see traitor wetback, traitor beaner, you know, some maple syrup, traitor, traitor maple. What are some offensive words about Canadians? You know, I go over there and, you know, I go to the, (laughs) I go to the even more ethnic section, the exoticism section. And, uh, they got some gefilte fish and some capers and some grape juice and it's called Trader Kikes. (laughs) This is, I think, what people feel that they're witnessing when they go into a Trader Joe's. But that's not what happens when you go into a Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is a weird little store, and you go in there and you get good discounts because they have lots of money, lots of cash, they don't have credit, and they buy a bunch of stuff, and then they they, they, they give it away at really good discounts. And that's what a good trader does, right? 
That's kind of the whole theme of the freaking business. But no, we got to ruin that too. No Trader Guido, no Trader Ming, no Trader Jose. I'm serious. If you opened up a business in opposition to all this crap and you literally had products labeled like that, I guarantee you, you would have Jews and blacks and Muslims and Christians. You would have Italians. You would have Asians. You would have everybody coming into your store. You'd have Asians buying Trader Ching, Chong, Chang Chong, and you'd have black people buying Trader Negro because people would think it was funny. And the two black guys that don't think it's funny don't shop there. And the five Asians who don't think it's funny don't shop there. You know, just to kind of prove a point. I'm not saying create a whole business like this. I'm saying, like, imagine this. People would think it's funny. That's why you go to comedy shows. Hell, I went to see Bill Burr. When I went to see Bill Burr, Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians. And I go to see Bill Burr, and I've got, I was wearing shorts and sandals, and Bill Burr was making fun of me. He's like, Jesus Christ, you can't even dress nice to come to a theater. Look at this guy. He's got cargo shorts and, 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 <laughs> and sandals on. You can't even put on a nice shirt. This guy's got a T-shirt on. Jesus. You know, and Bill Burr, you know Bill Burr, if you know Bill Burr. It was hilarious. I thought it was funny. Yeah, make fun of me. That's why I came to the damn comedy show. I get to say, yeah, Bill Burr made fun of me. That's hilarious. If we lose the humor, we lose our humanity. I'll say it again. You lose the humor, you lose your humanity. That's what's happening in the comic world. That's what's happening situational comedies that's what's happening just in our everyday lives you lose the humor and you lose your humanity you need to keep the vibrant gay rainbow of colors flying proud because if you don't it's going to be a giant red or a giant gray flag that makes everybody conform to the dictates of the hive mind And I, for one, will not stand for it. I will go and buy Trader Negro and Trader Guido and Trader Ming and Trader Kike and Trader Chink and Trader Wet Dog, whatever white people are called, Trader Yankee. I'll buy Trader Yankee products. You know, Trader John from. That's what I'll buy. Humor. If you lose it, you lose your humanity. And we've got a leak in the humor tank. And the vehicle's coming to a quick stop. We need to repatch that and get the vehicle back on the road. Or there won't be left won't be much left to save. It's pretty it's humorous, but it's also pretty sad. When we come back, we're gonna talk about something else that's kind of disturbing occurring around the United States and also in the UK with some mysterious seeds. I'm Ryan Gable, this is the Secret Teaching. Stay with us more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. 
Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was a pretty good bit. Guys, no, 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 can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, that, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com or facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Find our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Or you can find our full show archive, my books, and more. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info. When you go to the grocery store, you look at products. You see all these claims on packaged foods. A lot of us just buy the product and don't think much of it. Surely don't read the nutrition label and we definitely don't read the ingredient label. And if you buy produce and things that are quite simple in one ingredient, you don't have to read any of that stuff because bananas don't scream about potassium or kiwis don't scream about their vitamin E content or that a kiwi actually has more potassium than a banana and it has more vitamin E than even is recommended to have, you know, for a day. And if you look at some products, you'll notice that some products now are using deceptive labeling on the front, which mirrors an organic certification. In the United States, or products that are sent out of the United States, if it's USDA certified, it's a white and green or white and black label, right? It says USDA organic. And it's kind of like a circle. One half is green or red, or green or black, rather, and one half is white. 
And that product label has now been taken by some very, very deceptive companies. And they put other, they, they make it kind of a dark blue. And they use white. And they'll put other things in it like, this product was made in a factory that uses solar panels. And then they put that on the front of the box. And if you just glance at it, it looks like it's organic. So if you shop like you read news and you just read headlines, buying something thinking, oh, it's organic, it must be good for me. Well, you're being ripped off, you're being deceived. You need to read what that label says. And of course, if you read nutrition and ingredient labels and I'm sure that I'm boring some people. Why is he talking about food? T- come on, talk about the blue chickens. Talk about the insiders. Hold on a second. Food is metaphysical. Food is a cult. You know, aliens probably eat something. They might eat humans. So I think food's a very important factor in the discussion of all things that are of the secret teachings. In fact, food is a component of, of the book that this show is named after. Food was something that is restrictive and something that is in abundance, depending on the part of the, the, the initiation process of whatever culture, Greek or Egyptian, you know, you'd abstain from meat, abstain from alcohol, and then you'd have a feast after the initiation process. So food has always been important. I always got hungry when I thought, you know, the land of milk and honey, these are very important things that we should always be concerned with. It's not just the symbol of food, it's, it's the actual nature of the food that we're consuming. So if you go to the grocery store and you don't really pay attention to those labels and you think organic just means that it's healthy, you, you're being misled and you're being lied to and you're being used and taken advantage of. But instead of being concerned over that, people are concerned with Trader Joe's using, uh, you know, packaging that they say, according to a petition of a few people, it is harmful to perpetuate stereotypes. But it's not like Trader Joe's is using labels that are using racial slurs. They're using names of people that are from other countries, like Ming. There's a whole dynasty, the Ming dynasty. So Ming is a pretty popular Asian name, term, whatever you choose to call it. And also Jose. I mean, Jose is a pretty common name in Mexico, isn't it? John. It's a pretty common name in America. John from, John from New York, John from Boston, John from Kentucky. It's a pretty common name, right? But they say, no, Trader Joe's, you can't do this because, because there are white people that are named Joe, and that is the It's the name of the business, and you just can't have that because that means Joe is ruling over all these other nations. Well, maybe if those nations came and traded with Joe's, maybe there'd be a Trader Ming's in China. So, you think about what you're consuming, and you think about what you're eating, and we pay attention to these things, and most, most of the time we don't. Most of the time we're just kind of lost in a, in a world of what we need to do to survive. And most, most of the time, that just means we, we don't really pay attention, we don't really get involved, and we just kind of ignore things that are uncomfortable. Sometimes, though, things that are kind of uncomfortable, they, they come to your door, they come to your mailbox. You remember after 9-11, there was the scare of anthrax. Remember that? And some, there were people in Congress that got anthrax. There were people, I 
think in the general populace, maybe connected to government. I, I, I don't remember if there were many of those stories, but there are people in Congress that got anthrax. It turns out a lot of that anthrax was manufactured in military laboratories. I think uh, some of it was traced back to Fort Detrick, if I remember that correctly. That was like, damn, that was like 18 years ago. I was only, what was I, eight, 18 years ago? I, mean, I remember hearing those stories. I was only like, I was 11 years old, 11, 12 years old. So, yeah, anthrax, and, you know, they'd ship it to your door and you'd open it. And then, oh, no, you had you got poisoned. It's anthrax. Well, something else mysteriously is occurring around the United States. And I, I didn't think it necessary to discuss this in a full show, but I thought I would take a segment to talk about it tonight. A couple of days ago, a friend of mine, my oldest friend, his name is Joey, actually. I, I call him Trader Joe, funny enough. Um, I didn't plan to say that. I literally always call him Trader Joe. Um, and when he, you know, when he says something that, uh, sar- he's always very sarcastic. He's always making a joke. He's always saying something that could be misconstrued as offensive, which I think is funny. I, I, I call him Trader Joe. And maybe that's what they'll call Trader Joe's now. They'll call it Trader Joe's. He's a traitor. Trader Joe's. So I call, I call my friend Trader Joe sometime. So Trader Joe sends me a link about mysterious seeds that are being shipped to people from China. And I'm sure some of you have heard this. I know a lot of you listen to Ground Zero, so you probably heard Clyde Lewis talk about this in detail last night. So I didn't think it necessary, again, because he also covered it, and it didn't seem like it warranted a full show to me for tonight's subject. So I just wanted to talk about it for a second. It's it's unclear who exactly is sending the seeds, but people are getting seeds in packages from China, and the packages are labeled as containing jewelry. And they've been sent to places like Kansas, Kentucky, Ohio, South Carolina, and Washington State, where their agricultural departments have issued warnings that if you receive the packaging, don't open it, keep it intact, because it needs to be investigated to contact the Office of Plant Industry Services. Now, some people are speculating that this is simply uh, kind of like a coincidental mistake. Because if you think about it, media always tries to cultivate as much fear and terror as possible because that gets good ratings and it keeps people coming back to see how they can they can protect themselves and save themselves right these heroes in media are going to save them like Anderson CIA Cooper and Brian Stelzer and Don Lemon the guy who cries all the time and then Wolf Blitzer who hates freedom you get these people and they're the heroes, but they're really just a bunch of losers. And media isn't media anymore. Media is has become a, 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 a subversive branch of of um, governance. Media is just pure propaganda because media is not is not what it, what media should be. Uh, that's a separate issue. But media wants to create that hysteria. So I would imagine that every single day, whether you're in Australia or the, the UK or Canada, or Mexico. You probably get 
people get packages in the mail that they don't order. And it might not be because, you know, their their post officer or their, you know, FedEx driver or whatever delivered it to the wrong house and all that box actually belongs to my neighbor. Um, I actually got a box from the internet company when I moved into this new place and it it went to my neighbor, but they sent it to me and I put it over there in front of my neighbor's part of the building. They brought it right back around to my part of the building because it it was addressed to them, but it had my address, even though it's the same building. So it was very confusing. So I got that, I got that package and I thought maybe they just got my name wrong because Spectrum Internet is a terrible company. It's not as bad as CenturyLink. So I looked at what the contents were on the, the label and it said like, you know, internet equipment. So I knew it wasn't mine and I put it back over there and eventually the person took it. So that happens quite often. You get the wrong package or you get packages for your neighbors or whatever. I'm sure that people receive packages of things they don't order. They've never ordered. And I'm sure that happens on a daily basis. And I'm sure that if you focused on it, it would probably be, probably be things from T-shirts to Frisbees to, you know, electronics. And you wonder, hmm, well, I, I didn't order this. You know, I mean, something not in the same context, but I, I ordered a copy, copy of Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. And uh, it didn't come for the longest time, and it said the package was lost. So it said if you click the button here, you know, on the tracking, we'll issue either a refund or we'll resend uh, the book from another seller. And so I said, well, res- let's resend the book. And uh, don't issue the refund, just resend the book. So what happened is I got the book the next day and I thought, oh, they sent it overnight and I got it. And then uh, like a month later, just a day or so ago, I got another copy of Tragedy and Hope. So I ended up with two copies and they haven't charged me for the second one yet, but because it screwed up and I wasn't supposed to, the system screwed up, I wasn't supposed to get two copies of this book. Plus, it's a, it's a massive book. So it's, I don't want to have that thing laying around. I've got a copy. It, the copy I have now is in plastic wrapping. So if anybody wants that copy, I'll, I'll sell it to you for a little bit under market value is just to get to get rid of it with, with shipping too. Just get rid of it. But I, I got two books, so it was, it was a mess up. So I'm sure this happens all the time. I actually sent a book out to a listener like, Three months ago, never got it. Sent it out again, and uh, it it got lost in transit. It got opened, and there were weird stickers put on it, and then stickers got ripped off of it. It was all kinds of weird stuff happening. It happens all the time. So if you focus your attention on weird post errors and weird FedEx and UPS errors, you're probably going to find quite a bit of them that are strange, and you would have news pieces on mysterious uh, electronics sent from Japan, you know, mysterious, kind of like Trader Joe's, mysterious pasta sent from Italy, mysterious tea sent from the UK, mysterious beans sent from Mexico, mysterious maple syrup sent from Canada, you know, mysterious liquor sent from Scotland. You'd have all these different, but, but, but it's just like, Everyday postal errors, right? Well, people are being sent these packages. It says jewelry or earrings, and the return address is China Post. China Post. I'm sure someone working there is probably named Ming, right? China Post. And the packages are, interestingly enough, untraceable using USPS tracking systems. But then again, maybe it's not that strange because of all the books I've sent. I've sent hundreds of books, maybe thousands of books 
since I started publishing my, my books myself to listeners. And I've had maybe half a percent of those books, just a few. They're, I got the tracking number, but they're untrackable. So sometimes mistakes are made. Sometimes things like this happen. And again, if we focus on the seeds that are being sent from China Post, maybe it's just this, this situation. And in the United States and around the world, people are kind of uptight and they're concerned and people are worried about a lot of things. They're going to be able to pay their bills, be able to get food on the table. Is the world on the brink of a, of a, of a global conflict, a, a physical hot war? You know, who are going to be the actors in that? China, Russia, the United States, you know? So maybe this is another way to foment hatred and to create distrust in a lot of different things, really, to create distrust in just the way in which the, 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 the system works. Perhaps, think about it like this, maybe this is a story to demean and defame the post service. Because the post service is federal, and everything federal is bad, right? So maybe there has to be a new solution to this. Maybe there needs to be a Politburo that controls the distribution of mail because packages are getting lost and weird seeds are showing up. I don't really think it's that, but it could be used in that way. So anyway, these packages are coming, for time's sake here, these packages are coming and they're containing weird seeds. And a lot of people are speculating on what these seeds are, if they're invasive species of plant of course, you know, the agricultural departments of different states are saying don't plant the seeds because even if you, let's say you were to plant the seeds in a little pot and keep it in your house and it wasn't outside, you don't know what kind of plants these are. You don't know what kind of things that you're growing. I mean, they, they could be poisonous. They could be toxic. You know, just um, that's kind of scary, isn't it? You get these seeds in the mail and you go inside and you plant them in a little pot in the window and they grow this plant. It kind of looks cool. And then you start getting really sick and you realize, maybe you realize, well, that's whatever, whatever that plant is giving off, it's poisonous. Maybe this is biological warfare, which other people speculate. Citizens in Utah, along with other states, were told not to open the packages because the state agricultural departments believe that these are invasive plant species. But why would China send invasive plant species to the United States? I mean, clearly it would sound like, oh, you know, this is just some form of biological warfare, agricultural warfare. But then again, that just kind of seems like it's a really slow, long, drawn-out process because the people that were sent these items, they were sent to their home, so Whatever China Post is, they had their address, they had their phone number, they had all their information, and there are lots of ways that could be acquired. I mean, just look at the the violations of privacy on the Chinese-owned TikTok or the Chinese-owned Reddit or violation of privacy. Look at the companies like Apple and Google that just openly share data with, with, the, with the communist Chinese. It's not really surprising if people had information, but... You know, they had their information on you. But what, what if maybe these things were being sent to people and targeting certain people? That could be the motivation to target these individuals for whatever reason. And I just don't... Th you'd say, well, that's part of the biological warfare, but I don't really think that... Why would China be sending seeds to individuals, specific or otherwise, 
hoping that they would plant an invasive species, you know. I mean, is China planning this far into the future? They're like, all right, well, they're setting together and they're saying, okay, well, what'll happen is we send these seeds and most people probably won't plant them, but we'll have enough seeds sent to enough places. They'll ultimately be opened and planted or they'll ultimately be opened and then dumped into the garbage and then they'll seeds will fall out on the ground and in the next hundred years we'll have you know chinese plants growing in utah like i don't think it's that 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 uh, i don't think it's that conspiratorial it, it, it's likely it's just a mistake and it's likely that these are isolated cases and it's likely that when the news is covering this the news is obviously looking to exaggerate it to the most intense degree to get coverage. But it could be something more than that. Maybe these seeds are not your standard, typical kind of seed. Maybe these these seeds are something a little bit more than that. I mean, maybe these, these seeds and this, this is some kind of weapon. Maybe it's a distraction from some other type of weapon to get us looking at why are these mysterious seeds coming into the country? I mean, you really wouldn't have to, if you wanted to do this, you really wouldn't have to send seeds. Why would you do that? Maybe maybe when they turn 5G on, the seeds will sprout. <laughs> 5G is already active in most major U.S. cities, so in some capacity. So it's not like 5G is coming. 5G is already here. 6G is actually on the way, a digital sub-reality where machines control everything according to Samsung. So maybe the seeds are just seeds. Maybe the seeds are not just seeds. I'm just kind of going over all the angles here. I, I, nobody only knows what this, what this is, but if it is some kind of biological warfare, unless it's a very sophisticated form of warfare and maybe these seeds are distracting, I can't see why this would be easier than having Chinese agents which have infiltrated universities and government. And didn't Nancy Pelosi even have a Chinese spy working for her? So they can infiltrate the highest levels of government and they can infiltrate the major universities. They can infiltrate the highest echelons of our security in the United States, but the Chinese just can't find some agents to plant some evasive species. And have seed bombs where they just throw seed bombs out into crops. Like, I just don't think it's it's what people are thinking that it is. Does that mean I know what it is? No, I don't know what it is. And I don't know what other people like yourself might think this is if you've heard of it. If it's biological warfare, it's probably going to be something that is, if this is an attack, it would probably be something much more devastating that's coming and the seeds are you know a precursor to that otherwise you could find a lot of better ways to launch a biological attack send random seeds to people as jewelry in utah kentucky and hope they plant them that doesn't seem very logical that doesn't seem very reasonable doesn't seem very likely or probable so we'll have to just i guess wait and see what transpires and to see if people in Utah, Kansas, Arizona, Virginia, Louisiana, and other states start turning up dead with mysterious seeds on them. And it's it's almost kind of it's almost kind of funny in a way. It's like every single day packages are lost in the mail. And every single day 
people have heart attacks and die. And a lot of the death is from preventable disease. And everyday people die in car wrecks because they're texting or because they're putting on makeup or because they're, they're eating. And this happens every single day. And the number of people that die in car wrecks, the number of people that die in heart attacks, the number of people that die from smoking, which is 100% preventable, numbers in the, in, the, in the millions every single year. That's just in the United States. Half a million from cigarettes, a little over half a million from strokes. Much, much of that's preventable. Just a million from cigarettes and strokes. A million from poor diet and smoking. Over a million a year in the United States on average. That's a lot of people. But we know the cigarettes are bad and we'll keep smoking them. And we know the, the food's bad and we'll keep eating it. And we, we know that the lifestyle is killing us slowly and making us fat and sick and weak and overall having poor health and mental capacity. But we'll keep eating it. We'll keep drinking it. We'll keep smoking it. And that's cool. And that's what you want to do. That's fine. But my question is, why are we concerned about the labeling of packages at Trader Joe's. And, and the reality is, and the answer to that question is, we're not really concerned about packages at Trader Joe's. It's a teeny tiny, itty bitty little tiny minority of people that demand Trader Joe's changes the names of their products. And it's a teeny tiny, itty bitty minority of cases where people have received mysterious packages in the mail and suddenly it's a giant conspiracy. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting story, but until something else happens, until these plants start sprouting into, you know, giant, enormous invasive species that take over the United States and then Chinese troops come in. I don't see that it's anything more than kind of a publicity stunt on part of the media. And I mean, if I got the seeds, I'd be a little bit worried. I don't know. Maybe the seeds are just seeds and there's something else in the package and the seeds are a distraction. Maybe there's a chemical in there. I don't know that's that's released. Who knows? But if it's that toxic of a chemical, why is it being sent in one of those cheap plastic bags? If it's invasive, why don't they just plant it? Why don't they just have Chinese agents go out and plant it? I mean, Chinese agents are in the halls of government. The Chinese spies are in major universities like Harvard. So why don't they just go plant the invasive species? They've already implanted the communist Marxist-Leninist doctrine in the minds of people in school since the Soviet Union. So why don't they just go out and plant the seeds? They've already planted the seeds of our own destruction. So why don't they just go out and plant the physical seeds of our destruction? No, 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 no. We're worried about the names on packages because Trader Ming is offensive, Trader Jose is offensive, Trader Joe is offensive. You know what? You go to Chinatown, I guarantee you, you find things that are named after typical Chinese names. You know why? Because they're Chinese. And you go to Vietnamese town. Or Koreatown, or Italian town, or whatever the town is. They're going to... Little, little China. Little Italy. You're going to find people that are named with standard Italian names because you're in Little Italy. You think about it like this. If I go to Kenya, if I go to like any African country, or if I go to China, if I go to Russia, do you know... Who's in the Russian government right now? Russians. Do you know who's in African governments? Africans. Do they bitch and complain in African countries? There should be more white people in our government. No, they're black people. And a lot of the governments, there aren't governments. They're just warlords, and they sell, buy and sell people in, in the slave trade. Blacks on blacks. 
So you come to America, which is predominantly white. Ah, wonder why they're all white, because it's predominantly white. And even so, there's a disproportionate number of of Jews in positions of power, but nobody addresses that. We just address there are too many whites. We need more representation. So it doesn't matter what your qualifications are. If you are brown, you get, through affirmative action, the job, which is incredibly racist for brown people and for white people and for all other people because it should be based on merit and character, not the color of your skin and not your ancestry. You all know my opinion and my perspective. You know the reality of that. But I must assert it once more as the show winds down tonight because if we're concerning ourselves with what the food is called but not what the food contains as an ingredient... We've got some seriously misplaced priorities. That's why Trader Joe's right now, it's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. There. I don't want to support them anymore. That is so disgusting that you just capitulate to the mob. You should have made a product that's called Trader Wetback, Trader Ching Chong, Trader Negro, Trader everything else that you can imagine that's offensive. Selga filter fish called Trader Kikes, you know? And if any of this offended you tonight, I don't really give a damn because I'm speaking from the heart. And behind a microphone, you can't, really, you can't really see what I look like. You don't know what I look like. You don't know who I am. People assume that I'm, I'm fat because I'm a radio host, literally. Couldn't that be construed as kind of offensive? People make fun of me because I'm skinny. Couldn't that be construed as I don't know, kind of offensive? But see, I don't really care because I don't base my reality on ideological collective hysteria. I base my reality on I'm a human being and I'll interact with other human beings who if they choose to interact with me, I'll interact with them. And if they choose not to interact with me, I won't interact with them. It's as simple as that. And if they want to hate me and they don't like me, what did Cat Williams said? If you've got 20 haters, you've got to find, your, find a way to get to 50 by the end of the year. Haters going to hate. That's really what it is. Haters are going to hate regardless. So just enjoy the hatred. Uh, really, we're literally having like the Chappelle show player haters ball is what we're having. Everybody hate, 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 hate. It, it's a giant joke. It's a giant joke. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for joining us this evening on The Fringe FM. Contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay safe, stay informed, and stay tuned to The Fringe FM. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.